So to clarify then, we won't have him on the show. We won't be able to have Tolstoy on the show because he's been dead for over 100 years. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, it, it just simply wouldn't work, would it, logistically? Oh, there's so many problems. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many hurdles to overcome. My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words, 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters, 361 chapters, three volumes, two epilogues, and a collection of maps. We're going to summarize all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. <laughs> it's time to say hello. And welcome to the final episode of season two of War and Peace in just seven years. Steve, Excellent. hello, welcome. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm really good. Hello. I'm really good. I'm very, very excited for this week's episode. The end of a book always has got some good stuff going on. It must do. Tolstoy knows what he's doing. By now, it's fair to say Tolstoy knows what he's doing. Tolstoy, I think it's actually, it's fair to say, is a very good author. He's a very good author. He's going to give us some yeah. gifts today, some presents, maybe some exposition, some intrigue, some shock, some wonder. Almost certainly. And almost certainly something weird will happen. It always does. But before, Will, before we can access the, the golden, shining, delicious nectar of this week's episode, <laughs> yeah. tell us right. what happened last week. Yeah, that made me feel hungry. <laughs> uh, what happened last week? The episode was, of course, called <gasps> Suddenly. <gasps> it was filled with, with intrigue, excitement, wonder, confusion, panic and chaos. The word suddenly. The word suddenly. General David Whistles, our name, not Tolstoy, because he couldn't be bothered to name him. Mm. He went purple and, and he shouted really loudly and everyone ignored him. And then the Russians did something unheard of in War and Peace. They sort of won. Or they experienced some success, I would say, by suddenly appearing out of bushes. Yes. And then Dolokhov punched a lad's head off, captured a smurf, <laughs> and then it all went very much downhill with the kind of breakdown of Tushin, just raining fire onto the village. And he was hallucinating and uh, it all got it all got a little bit weird. And Andy Pandy went up and was like, chill out. Okay, well, that's where we were last week. Where are we this week? Will they have chilled out? Let's find out. Onwards. The reading. All right, Steve. End of season two. Ooh. I know what the listeners want. Shivers down my spine. Steve, how tall oh, was my. Napoleon Bonaparte <laughs> in pieces of ham? I feel like I've heard that he was a very little, little man. Little short chap, eh? I'm actually going to say, by some freakish coincidence, genetic madness across the time and space, that he is okay. the same size as Danny DeVito. Wow. So I'm going to say, I think Danny DeVito's four foot nine. <laughs> yeah, you always get it wrong. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm going to say 10,000 pieces of sandwich ham. You've done the old classic <laughs> Steve there. You've gone really high, I've haven't you? I've gone high. Honestly, do you think you've gone too high? I've gone too high. Yeah, he is... 14 exactly 14 wow. pieces of sandwich ham high it's a tough sentence to say it's a weird sentence yeah, to say someone has to say it someone has to say it and steve was he that short yeah was yeah he? he was was he yeah well you tell me how tall is he in danny devito's can you find that out please why don't you read the book no. and i'll do what i want to do he's dead why carry him good, good question <laughs> why bother <laughs> he's not gonna get there's up there's a lot of dark stuff in this week's uh, yeah 
great. <laughs> of course it is. Here's another taster of, the, of what we've got to look forward to. Yeah, go on. What a lot of men have been crippled today. Frightful. Uh, everyone put on that. Put on your smiles. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're to need them. Uh, Steve, it was assumed that Bonaparte was five foot two, which would have made him a little chap. On the smaller side. But you ain't going to believe this. It turns out the French inch is different, or was different, to the imperial inch. It's fake fake news, fake information from the past. It's fake formation. (laughs) Honestly, that's going to catch on. It's fake formation. Pitch dark, brother. Is there something to drink? Is there? Um... I mean, what do you think? There's usually something to drink, isn't there? Usually. Tell him to give me a seat, for God's sake. For God's sake, Will. The chapter's over. For God's sake. For God's sake, it's over. Whoa, whoa. Hold the phone. What you got? Eric Badlands Booker ate 21 baseball size matzo balls. Blimey. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. How long? Uh, How long? Oh, Ah, uh, 12 minutes. <laughs> five minutes in 25 seconds. Oh, incredible. A matzo ball is a Jewish uh, ball of bread that's been broken up. Uh, like Unleavened bread, you crack it up and then you make it into a ball and you put it okay. in soup. Have you ever seen one the size of a baseball? Well, you could make one yourself if you wanted to, but I've never seen one with my eyes. And you've never eaten 22 of them, have you, in one Normally, go. they're the size of a 2p coin, I would say. It wouldn't even be called a matzo ball at that. We're, uh, we digress. You know what? We, no one cares. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. No one cares. Steve, you have just finished book two of yes. War and Peace. Firstly, listen to this. Oh, it's a round of applause. It's a small thank round you, of applause you. from one person. Wow, it's so <laughs> overwhelming and emotional. <laughs> you honestly, you deserve thank it. You, you so do much. deserve it. Please tell me exactly. I mean that exactly what happened. I will. I'm going to tell you. Okay, so we're just going to start very briefly, just just with one of these. We haven't done many of these, so Will, if you could just quickly, very briefly, just close your eyes. It's going to be more of a blink. Close your eyes. <laughs> okay, mate. S- sight Love and to. The smells. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. wind had fallen, and black clouds merging with the powder smoke hung low over the field of battle on the horizon. You can open your eyes and it's. Lovely. I'd have called it battlefield, but fine. Field of battle, that's a specific term. Lovely. So the battle, I think, is still happening somewhere, but it's sort of dying down. This is a sort of ending bit of the battle. The final little end bit of battle yeah. stuff. A lot of people are dead. Um, a lot of Russian mm. people are running away. So I think that has sort of caused oh, yeah. the battle to be somewhat uh, over. Yeah, makes sense. You all leave the disco. <laughs> is the disco going on no, still? No, the disco, well, it's a, it's a very, actually, philosophical question. <laughs> Yeah. Can a disco happen without anyone there? And it is a bit like a disco as well with all the smoke and stuff. Exactly. So as per Andy's orders last week, right at the end of last week's chapter, Tushin is finally uh, wheeling away the cannons. He's stopped bombarding that poor village. Good. Thank thank God that that has stopped. Tushin and what's left of his gang of his, his troops that he commands, they're all wheeling the cannons away. They were, quote, continually driving around or coming upon wounded men. I'm not surprised. It wasn't clear from that quote, but do you think that coming upon means driving over? Oh, that would that would really add, I was going to say add insult to injury, but it would just add injury to... It would add injury to, on top of the injury. <laughs> They've already got, yeah. I hope yeah. not. 
That really is awful. Yeah. It wasn't clear. I think it's, you know, it's quite a pessimistic reading to think that mm. Tushin's running over his own soldiers, but he is on the whole leaving them to to die. So upstairs, he's not doing too well. So he's under stress. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. So they make it eventually to the the calm, serene, the safety of the steep, deep dip. Oh, I love the steep, deep dip. It's back. Inside the steep, deep dip, various officers are around. They're having a chat. Lovely. Um, the coward Zerkov's there. Yeah, um, okay, Harsh, you've really, really gone in with a nickname there. He earned it, though. He is a coward. He was supposed to go to the front to deliver the order, yeah, but yeah. instead he went to the back and didn't deliver the order. Failed comedian and now a coward. Add that to his resume. <laughs> <laughs> and there are also lots of wounded people and stuff milling around. Hanging out. Apparently, there's been an order, I assume from, from Bag Ration, from, from on high, that the wounded should be abandoned. Oh, it's a tough order, that, isn't it? So <laughs> Just leave them. Just leave them there. <laughs> no, it's much easier if you just leave them. <laughs> it is actually easier if you just leave them there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, still, though, some of them are dragging themselves along. Oh, wow. Some are begging for seats on the, the gun carriages. Oh, that's tough. But the order is simply leave them. Yeah, the order is to leave the wounded people. Oh, I don't like war. So... The gun carriage thing seems to be the only way out. If you can get on a gun carriage, maybe you'll be all right because, you know, it's neither here nor there whether or not someone sits on the gun, I assume. Yeah. The modern equivalent is like getting on the tube or something like that. The modern equivalent is like strapping someone to the top of your car. Okay. doesn't bother you that they're there, I assume. No. You don't want to have too many people strapped to your car for obvious reasons, but, you, you know, yeah, fine. So one guy, one guy from the wattle shed uh, has managed to bag himself a spot on one of Tushin's guns. Nice. The gun is named Matt Vevna. After Mary, Jesus's mum. Right, okay, thank mm. you. That's all right, mate. Is that a bit of fake formation? How dare you? No, I actually <laughs> clicked on a footnote last week, so there you go. Oh, you do, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh. yeah. You know I what, keep, Will? I keep a lot of the info in my head just for moments like this. I'm starting to think you might be a savant. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Tushin has seen better days, I would say. Uh, here's a quote about Tushin. Tushin gave no orders and silently, fearing to speak because at every word he felt ready to weep without knowing why, rode behind on his artillery nag. Oh, it's tough that. I, I do want to pick up one thing though, without knowing yeah. why. We, we, they, they were doing this last week. I know why. Yeah. He's gone crazy and he set fire to a full village and started hallucinating. Doesn't seem like anything that would cause distress to me. <laughs> uh, Will, small mention here of a horse, the artillery nag. I don't know if the artillery nag is going to have a big horse role, but it would seem remiss to not give it a name. So do you want to name the artillery nag? Yes, please. <laughs> I'd absolutely love to. The information I have is that it's an artillery mm -hmm. nag. Yep. And that's it. And that's it. I understand what one of those words are. Um, Nigel the nag. Ah, Nigel the nag. Great. Welcome. Welcome, Nigel. Come on in. Have a bit of hay. Come on in, Nigel. I, I don't think we're ever going to see Nigel again, but why not? You're welcome, Nigel. Stay safe. Tushin's riding Nigel the Nag behind his cannon parade, and uh, eventually they get to the foot of a hill. So at the foot of the hill, a pale hussar cadet, supporting one hand with the other, came up to Tushin and asked for a seat. That remind you of anyone? Who's got a bad hand? Mm. It's only bloody Nicky Bad Hand Rostov. It's Nicky Bad Hand Rostov in the house. <laughs> Give him a hand. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good, Will. Yes! Very strong. Best joke. Best joke of the whole show. I mean, Zerkov would have been pleased with it. He would. The cadet was Rostov. With one hand, he supported the other. He was pale and his jaw trembled, shivering feverishly. Oh, he's cold, bless him. Needs a coat. 
Captain, for God's sake, I've hurt my arm, he said timidly. For God's sake, I can't walk. For God's sake. Oh, he's a bit of a moaner, isn't he? I don't know if I'd let him on. You wouldn't let him on. If I'm tushing, I'm thinking I've had a bit of a day and I've got a headache. <laughs> I've had enough and this guy sounds <laughs> annoying. He does. So like, if you're getting on, mate, be quiet. Also, there's a bit of a contradiction there. He says he's hurt my arm, but I can't walk. Yeah, he's really laying it on thick and fast, isn't he? Well, maybe that's what Tushin was thinking. But fortunately, just moments earlier, the wattle shed guy that was riding Matt Vevner, he's died. They've dumped him on the floor. Oh, they've got so space. space. Yeah, there's oh. space around you. There's no problems. Fantastic. There. So that's, yeah. That's, a, that's great. That's great news. Actually, this lad's just died. So yeah, pop you on. Hop on. <laughs> Hop on, buddy. <laughs> So they trundle along a little bit more and eventually they make it to the village of Gruntersdorf. Ah, Gruntersdorf. Gruntersdorf. Ah, Gruntersdorf. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and when they get to the village, uh, Tushin and that lot are kind of stuck in the road. The French briefly attack again and they all think that they might die. Yep. Uh, because they're in the road, but they don't. And so that's that's fine. Fantastic. It sounds like the French don't really have it in them this time. They're not that fussed. It might be a motivation thing, but apparently also it's so dark that the French were shooting themselves. Wow. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> problem. It's so dark. They held their guns the wrong way round. It could oh. be that. I don't, it's not clear, yeah. though, but th- there, was some, there was some own goals. Yeah, that's a real problem, that. One guy chirps up. We've given it them hot, mate. They won't make another push now. Oh, not, not, not on your nelly, governor. So, Will, do you remember way back when, earlier on in book two, way back at the start, mm. all that imagery on the bridge of the, the rivery bridge and the Black Friday sort of vibes to it, the flowing masses of people? Yes, yes. Uh, it was very busy, I think, is what we were trying to get to, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. very... Yeah. It's yeah. a way to say it was very busy. It's very busy. Yeah. Are we back to that? Are we back to that again? Sort of. If that was Black Friday, uh, now we've got a sort of sad, kind of like normal shopping day. Okay. It's just Saturday, but it's raining. Are there queues? Yes. Are they too long, the queues? Some. Others, no. And it's not clear if you go down the self-service checkout or take a risk on actually going to a... It's annoying. Uh, yeah, it's a bit it's, annoying. it's annoying. It's not clear is what you're saying. It's not clear. I'd rather be somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drizzling outside. No, I get it perfectly. In the darkness, it seemed as though a gloomy, unseen river was flowing always in one direction. Of people. It's a good metaphor, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Amid the general rumble... The groans and voices of the wounded were more distinctly heard than any other sound in the darkness of night. Ugh, ow, oh. The gloom ah. that enveloped the army was filled oh. with their groans, ow. which seemed to melt into one with ow. the darkness of the night. Oh. <laughs> I don't think they're saying, ow. no, it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> do, don't, don't direct me, I know no, what I'm it's doing. Not, ow, they haven't, hurt their fi- <laughs> they haven't trapped their finger in something. They've, oh, it stings. Bits of their body have, have gone and, and things are falling out of them. You could just be overreacting, Steve. You could be underreacting, Will. <laughs> True. It's, it's one of the two. There's a happy medium somewhere. Mm. Ow. <laughs> so eventually, like most of the people get to the town and um, I've got to be honest with you, Will. I want to be completely honest and frank with you. Okay. The mood isn't very positive. <laughs> it's not. It's a, <laughs> no. it's, a, it's a bad mood. Everyone's in a bad mood. They're somewhat peed off. It's fair enough. Yeah, you could say it's fair enough. I'll give you a little bit of an insight into some of the problems, some of the, the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So two lads are, I quote, quarrelling and fighting desperately, each trying to snatch from the other a boot that they were both holding on to. Ah, oh, that's annoying. So there's two lads fighting over a shoe. 
That's my boot, etc. <laughs> you can imagine. No, it's my boot. No, it's, it's my boot. Your, yeah, exactly. You can get the idea. <laughs> yeah. You get the idea. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Someone trips over a log and says, who the devil has put logs on the road? Idiots. That's my log. <laughs> and then they hey, fight over it. Hey, where's my log gone? Oh, you haven't seen my log, have you? Yeah. Oh, who put this here? Where's my boot? Then a thin, pale soldier, his neck bandaged with a bloodstained leg band, came up and in angry tones asked the artilleryman for water. Must one die like a dog? Oh, wow. Give him a drink, at least. And then there's this conversation that is overheard. He's dead. Why carry him? Shut up. (laughs) Oh, oh. yeah, it's hit rock bottom, really, isn't it? For a lot of people, it has hit rock bottom, except for this guy. There's a quite cheerful man that comes up. (laughs) Happy Harry's here. (laughs) (laughs) A nice little hot torch for the infantry. Good luck to your fellow countrymen. Thanks for the fire. We'll return it with interest. Oh, look, it's so great to know there's always a positive Percy somewhere in the world. What a nice guy. Yeah, all this stuff's going on. Someone's lost a boot. There's a guy to fall over a log. He's dead. But this guy, he's just happy to have a little burning stick. I'm just happy to have a little burning stick. Happy to help. Put a little smile on your face. Come on, it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Is that my boot? No matter what's going on, you've got to really appreciate things and stay positive. Cheer up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cheer up. (laughs) You'll thank us for (laughs) it. Come on. (laughs) Come on. So a quick Nikki Rostov update. And what I'm hoping here, Will, is that you can channel, maybe you can get in touch with Dr. Lorraine, get another diagnosis. I've got a bit more information on the injury now. Shouldn't be too difficult, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't know if you can commune with him sort of psychically or if you've got his phone number or something. Little bit of column A, little bit of column B. But I'd rather not give away my sources. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. A feverish shivering shook his whole body. Okay. Drowsiness was irresistibly mastering him. Okay, he's tired. All right, yeah. Okay. But he kept awake by an excruciating pain in his arm, for which he could find no satisfactory position. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, then. We've got... Tired, fever, pain, arm. Fever is shivering. He has an arm, no position. And just to clarify, he's always had two arms his whole life. Still not mentioned. Not mentioned. So it could be to do with this potentially superfluous arm. I've got a bit more information if you if you need it. I think I will need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Tushin helpfully asks, what, are you wounded, my lad? Ah, Damn it, I feel stupid now. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, go on. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. should have asked that. Oh. <laughs> no, I should have asked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikki replies, no, it's a sprain. Ah, I said it was a sprain two bloody chapters ago. So you're going with the self-diagnosis, are you? Or, or sorry, Dr. Lorraine is. He said it's sprained. I, for one, believe him. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, he's a bit tired. So yes. I would say you need a bit of a kip. Okay. We'll knock up one of those mustard plasters. Ah, oh, good idea, yeah. Yeah, pop one of them on. Actually, we'll just cover you in them. Cover your head to turn him. Oh, that's a really lovely idea. Cup of tea, bit of ham, you'll be fine. All right, well, we'll see if we can get that sorted out. I don't know how much um, medical support there is. If there's very little, just ignore it then. Let's go with that for the time being. Okay, we'll just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, 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 fine. Thank you, Doctor. You shouldn't have come to see me, really. <laughs> no, you've been very, <laughs> it's a waste of time. You've been very helpful. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> no, well, thanks. No, thank you. Thanks for coming. The thanks best for coming. doctor in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming. Thank you. So there might not be a lot of medical treatment available, but but Tushin, is, he's being very nice, actually. Um, oh, to Nikki. Okay. Tushin's Good. large, kind, intelligent eyes were fixed with sympathy and commiseration on Rostov, who saw that Tushin, oh. with his whole heart, wished to help him, but could not. Okay, look, we're seeing a nicer side of Tushin about time. 
Um, does that redeem him? No, categorically no. But <laughs> I don't blame Tishin for what happened earlier. I think he was under a lot of stress. You push your workers too hard. Exactly. You know, we're seeing the side of Tushin now. Now that he's had a few minutes to decompress. True. So while all of this is going on, all of those lads outside are sort of dying and fighting over bits of fire and boots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Bag Ration and the officers have just been served dinner in the tent. The officer's oh, tent. Lovely stuff. And boy, do they deserve it. A nice sit-down meal. <laughs> yeah, 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 good. While lads outside in the street are eating a bloody boot. Yeah, no, good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad for them. Absolutely good brilliant. There's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads of logs outside. Yeah, they've got logs. Yeah, they've got right. logs. They can eat the logs. Yeah. The little old man with the half-closed eyes was greedily gnawing a mutton bone. Oh, lovely. He's eating the actual bone. Greedily. Delicious mutton bone. We know that they've got mutton, but we, we also know that they've got vodka as well. Um, Lovely. And we know that because General David Whistles, he's there. Yep. His face is red and flushed from all of the, the vodka and mutton that he's been eating and drinking. Mm, it, is it though? You know, he was purple about 10 minutes ago, so he could just be <laughs> gradually returning to normal colour. Sort of cool down thing, yeah. Or he could just be hammered as well, Steve. We're not Dr. Lorraine. Could be both. Yeah. Uh, Zerkov is also there. Uh, he looks quite uneasy. The coward. Yes, I, I think that's got something to do with it. Yeah, because he's a coward. Andy Pandy's also there. He's got feverishly glistening eyes and compressed lips. He's tense. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he's tense and he's got good eyes though, as always. Feverishly, they're glistening. They're just, they're shiny, if anything. Shining. Yeah, like a lighthouse. Yeah, like like eyes just tend to do <laughs> yeah, anyway. They're normal eyes. <laughs> he's got, he's got good normal eyes. I know a lot of you were probably wondering, what's happened to the accountant? Did he make it? Will he live to account <laughs> another day? Gen- gen- genuinely, yes, <laughs> I am. I am worried about it. Well, I'm pleased to say the accountant was not claimed by the throes of war. He's alive. Incredible stuff. He's in the tent. Unfortunately, he's not deemed to be important enough to be offered food, but he's allowed to be in the tent. So instead, he's standing kind of like in the corner pretending to be extremely interested in a French flag that they captured. What's this little flag? <laughs> if you guys don't eat all of it, yeah, by the way. But I'm just here, like, the, I'm here for the flag. On, on I am just here mainly for the yeah, flag. Yeah. Lovely flag, this. Uh, do you guys want to see my calculator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, this is gr- texture for this flag is just incredible. Yeah. Smells good, though. It does actually smell good, if I'm being honest. It the smells flag right. smells amazing, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. If you do, if you do that, that, for example, I could lick that bone if you yeah. want. I don't care, though. Anyway. Just an accountant. <laughs> I'm just an accountant by the flag. Hungry, just a hungry accountant. <laughs> always here. I'm always here. So, Will, on the whole, if you could give a summary of the whole thing, how would you say the battle went? Uh, it started off very poorly. Yeah. But then when the sharpshooters came up in my chapter last week, uh, and then Tushin, obviously, just burning everyone, um, and they captured that officer. So I think it's turned. I, I feel like it's going better for the Russians. And you think all the running away and all the dead people, you think that's... That's a good sign. I, but I don't think they care about the dead people. I, yeah. I you know my my take is as a right. as a Russian in right. this army. Right. I think we're doing better. Will you really are officer material? You really, <laughs> you really, really are. You are exactly what we need from officers in the Russian army. Exactly. See, look, all you got to do is not care about human life, and you can just rise to the top. Exactly. So over dinner, various officers are coming in to the tent. And they basically take turns saying just what a fantastic job they did in the battle. Yep. <laughs> how, brilliant they, yeah, yeah, yeah. how brilliantly they did um, and what great people they are. And they're very brave. Yeah, absolutely. And then over the conversation, you just hear men screaming and moaning outside. Sure, sure. Yeah, Don't, yeah, we did great. Ignore that. So, for example, General David Whistles, 
you may remember, didn't go into the woods, didn't save the Russian army. Did turn purple. Everyone ignored him and then he turned purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw, Your Excellency, that the 1st Battalion was disorganised, I stopped in the road and thought, I'll let them come on and we'll meet them with the fire of the whole battalion. And that's what I did. He might have wanted that to happen. Yeah. But nothing happened. The general had so wished to do this and was so sorry he had not managed to do it that it seemed to him as if it had really happened. <laughs> then he thought about it and just lying about it happening yeah. seemed to be seemed the better seemed option. Seemed to make, have made it happen. <laughs> Perhaps it might really have been so. If I tell the full truth, it won't look like I was very successful. Uh, he also says that Dolokhov did a great job. He did as well. Yeah. He did. He captured a smash. Private yeah. Dolokhov, who was reduced to the ranks, took a French officer prisoner in my presence and particularly distinguished himself. So things are looking up good for Dolokhov. Little war point for him. I think that's his story arc for this, this season completed there. Redemption achieved. And he also killed one guy in one punch. So, you know. Right. And then it's Zirkov's turn. I ran away and peed myself. <laughs> no, no, that's not what he did, Will. He says, I saw the Pavlograd Hussars attack there, Your Excellency, chimed in Zerkov, looking uneasily around. He had not seen the Hussars all that day, but had heard about them from an infantry officer. They broke up two squares, Your Excellency. Zerkov, you're just the <laughs> lowest of the low, you bloody scumbag. What a snake. Coward. Liar. Coward. He's a coward, but because everyone else has been lying and saying what they haven't done... No one's going to call him out on it, so... Us. We will, though. We will, though. Me and you, Steve. But yeah, we'll, we'll hold him to account. And the listeners, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right then, Will, I know what you're thinking. Always shocked when you do this. Go on. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> yeah. All of these men are heroes. Yep. Boy, wasn't the battle a complete success? Yes, it's a success. Yeah. Except for one thing. Why, Will? Why the hell were two of Tushin's guns abandoned? Wait, what? what? When, was, when were they yeah, abandoned? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the biggest problem of the whole battle, yeah? Big set up. What's going on? Yeah, listen. Okay. This is what Bagration says. Gentlemen, I thank you all. Okay. All arms have behaved heroically. <laughs> Infantry, cavalry, yeah. and artillery. Fine. Not true, but fine. But, mm, how? was it that two guns were abandoned in the center wow he inquired searching with his eyes for someone tushin's there just rocking back and forth going fire 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 <laughs> make it burn so tushin's immediately sent for tushin appeared at the threshold and made his way timidly from behind the backs of the generals picture zirkov here okay just oh, picture him in, the, in this bit jerky. that's coming up just All picture right. this because it's really it makes your blood boil as he stepped past the generals in the crowded hut, he did not notice the staff of the banner and stumbled over it. Several of those present laughed. Oh. Zirkov laughing loudest of all. Oh, of course he is, the bloody scumworm. Oh. I hate him. Is he the villain of season two? Yes. Yes, I think he is. Question asked and answered. <laughs> season one, it was the, the spiders in Vera's mouth. It was. <laughs> it was. That it was. was the villain. Yeah, Season yeah. two, it's Zirkov. Hate him. How was it that a gun was abandoned? Asks Bagration. Uh, I don't know, Your Excellency. I, I had no, no manual, Your Excellency. Tushin did not say that there were no covering troops, though that was perfectly true. He was afraid of getting some other officer into trouble and silently fixed his eyes on Bagration as a schoolboy who had just blundered looks at an examiner. What he's trying to do in his head is work out the best possible fake answer to get everyone happy again. Do you think there'll be any consequences? You know, will he get put on the list or taken off the list or uh, demoted, promoted? I think he's going to take one for the team and then maybe 
just maybe we'll find out what that list was. And if you go on it or off it, maybe we'll find out. Before the consequences can be delivered, Andy Pandy swoops in. He's wearing a cape, I assume. Yeah, on a rope. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. A big red comes. cape. Yeah. He bursts through the side of the tent. Everything probably gets set on, on fire. Who knows? But the point is, Andy's there. Andy, to save the day. This is my friend. Your Excellency, Prince Andrew broke into the silence with his abrupt voice. You were pleased to send me to Captain Tushin's battery. I went there and I found two thirds of the men and horses knocked out, two guns smashed and no supports at all. We owe today's success chiefly to the action of that battery and the heroic endurance of Captain Tushin and his company. Absolutely brilliant. Without awaiting a reply, Prince Andrew rose and left the table. Dropped. The mic. <laughs> Tolstoy knows how to play it. You've got to have a mic drop in the last chapter of a book. And ideally, it always has to be Andy Pandy. That little bit sort of wraps up with Tushin saying thanks, mate, to Andy outside of the tent. Thank you. Andy doesn't reply. He just walks off and he generally feels sad. He's like, what's going on? This is all rubbish. I didn't Aww, think it'd be like this. Sad Pandy again. Sandy Pandy. Sandy Pandy. Oh, I feel bad for this guy. He's never really going to be happy, is he? So that's it for Andy in book two. Uh, he's just left feeling sad. We've got one more little bit to go. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad about this. So while that's all been going on, Nikki Rostov um, has been sort of passing in and out of a delirious, feverish sleep. Ah, it turns out he's not very well. He's unwell. <laughs> okay. There are some upsides because it means that we can end on this quite excellent dream sequence. Wowzers. Innumerable things appeared to him in a dream. His mother and her large white hand. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's a hand-based dream. Absolutely brilliant. Sonia's thin little shoulders, Natasha's eyes and her laughter. It's like a greatest hits of all the weird descriptions from yeah, book one. It's, it really is. <laughs> Denisov with his voice and moustache. Yeah, he's got a moustache, yeah. My moustache, lads. <laughs> I could just see this on a conveyor belt. Hands, yeah. shoulders, moustaches. <laughs> yeah. And also Telyanin is there. And all that affair with Telyanin and Bogdanich. Yeah, the fish hand man, Telyanin, the thief. Yeah, you remember all that? Yeah, was he on the list? Was he off the list? Yeah. yeah. And the Telyanin and the Bogdanich thing, as it does in a, in a dream sort of way, um, that argument that they had evolves into the two of them playing tug of war basically with his broken arm oh wow they're using his arm as the rope in the game yeah, yeah. or pulling and pressing his broken arm oh. it was impossible to get rid of them they were holding on tight <laughs> to his arm yes so he wakes up briefly and where this is that this is the last thing now in the book so you know, I'd like this really to be seared into your brain, these final okay, few images. Okay. And I want you to think about them in the space we have between now and the next episode. You know, it's about a month. You can be thinking about this. He wakes up briefly. It started to snow. Lovely. The doctor was supposed to come. He hasn't come. And opposite him in the fire, there's a naked man um, oh, wow. warming his thin yellow body. Okay. Okie dokie. And um, he tries to start a conversation. Rostov ignores him. Rostov's not having it. No, mate, I'm not <laughs> probably, talking to you. Probably for the best. I'm not talking probably to you. Probably a good shout. I'm not talking to you. Just go away. This is the closing line of book two of season two. Go on. Rostov looked at the snowflakes fluttering above the fire and remembered a Russian winter at his warm, bright home, his fluffy fur coat, his quickly gilding sleigh, hmm. his healthy body Aww. and all the affection and care of his family. Oh. And why did I come here? He wondered. 
Oh, touching stuff. There we go. And then the naked man starts dancing. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't mention that, but it's safe to assume something like that happened. Boy, like, Nikki, why are you ignoring me? We're, we're why are all you dancing around the fire? Come on, mate. Hey, Nikki, come and dance, mate. And then the house music starts. <laughs> yeah, boom, come boom, on, boom. Nikki. Everyone's juggling logs. <laughs> Oi, look, they ate the boot. We're mates now. It was all a misunderstanding. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. There's a small footnote just to say the next day the army didn't renew their attack and the remnant of Bagration's detachment was reunited with Kutuzov's army. So that's where we're going to be next season. D- enough of that. It's about the naked man. It's about it's the, the naked- hands. <laughs> it's about Why the would you shoulders. Think about that? <laughs> it's a completely naked yellow man, possibly someone from The Simpsons. We don't <laughs> yeah, know. We're dancing sure. around. Right. We've got to focus more on that. Steve, we prophesied uh, a few chapters ago about War and Peace just being a dream. Uh, I'm glad it's not, if it's just that. It was close, wasn't it, there for a moment? It was touch and go. Yeah, hands floating everywhere, all the hands. And then he woke up and he was back in his lovely house, surrounded by money and And fluffy coats, and everyone said how cool he was. (laughs) And he said, you know what? I won't go to war. War's silly billy stuff. (laughs) War's silly billy stuff. I'm going to stay here with my money. (laughs) It's the summary summary. Oh, mate, the end of book two. Oh, we did it. We did it. We did it. You did it. Well done, listeners. Well done, Will. Well done, everyone. Well done, Steve. Well done, me. I'll take another well done. Well done, characters. Well done, Tolstoy. Well done, Tolstoy. Well done, mate. Well done, horses. Yeah, the horses have been through a lot. Will Nigel the Nag be back in season three? Will he be the big horse of season three? The big (laughs) rising star horse? We don't know. (laughs) Will he? Will season three be about war again oh sort of hope it won't (laughs) but if it is we'll deal with it and we'll enjoy it wherever the book's going we're going (laughs) we will go with that book will how are you feeling have you got the name ready have you got uh the summary ready you Um, feeling confident no i haven't i I, I haven't done any of that stuff no no (laughs) you feeling sexy always that yeah that that's a given on any day yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) okay good i am ready three two one Liar, liar, naked man by the fire. It's a success. Well, it's not, but shh. Zerkov is a coward. Pandy is sad, but stood up for his uh, for his mate. Nikki's arm is hurt, and the naked man wants to dance. <laughs> Very good, mate. Very good. Excellent stuff. What was it called? Liar, liar, naked man by the fire. Oh, the classic phrase. <laughs> that classic <laughs> phrase. You know, it really encapsulates a lot. All of the colonels and generals are liars, and there was a naked yeah. man by the fire that's the image we want you to go home with you wake up you're in incredible pain you are opposite you a naked man has appeared he's yellow and he's dancing by the fire (laughs) he's dancing sure yeah he's dancing and he wants to start up a conversation with you but your arm hurts so much you just don't want to no you don't want to chat (laughs) hopefully in season three we'll find out the identity of the naked man by the fire yeah Uh, maybe we'll do a flashback to his life what what brought him to that moment (laughs) maybe he'll be riding nigel the nag or something him and nigel knew each other back in the day i imagine what brought him to that moment is he sort of he, he took off all his clothes mm, but why steve and that's, and that's, <laughs> why? that's, that's and how and, why, and, and how. how as well yeah. well why as well <laughs> that and many questions will be answered <laughs> they will in a few weeks time thank you will thank you listeners thank you everyone thank you tolstoy Join us on the 13th of May for the start of season three. And we're going to have a couple of special episodes in the middle between now and then. So do keep checking back and we'll see you for season three. You are incredible. See you later.
thank you for listening to another episode of War and Peace in just seven years. The final episode of Book Two, Amazing. aka Season Two of War and Peace. Well yes. done, everyone. Now, don't fret, don't be scared. We will, of course, be making some special episodes, the first of which will be released when, Steve? Next week. And that's going to be the special quiz episode, so there's still a little bit of time, if you're quick, to send in a question and an answer for us to quiz each other with in the quiz, Tolstoy at Wappin7.com. Um, do send them in send them in now send it in right now yeah, doesn't matter it how stupid send how clever in. your question is send it in send it in and then a week after that you're gonna have a week off we're gonna have a week off relax do what you want calm yeah. down for once just be calm yeah. and happy and enjoy the sun enjoy yourself but then a week later don't be calm because we're back <laughs> with another special episode the date for that please steve let's be specific the special that's going to be on the 29th of april 29th of april and then a week later don't worry about it relax just calm Nothing. down have a breather have another wow cup of so tea. much detail but then stop because a week later on the 13th <laughs> of may we are back with season three of war and peace in just seven years that's how time works thank you will for giving <laughs> us such a detailed detailed <laughs> summary of it all thanks 13th of may that's when we're going to be back yep. do check out all the stuff in the middle as ever, you can get in touch with us on Tolstoy at Wappin7.com by email, or you can find us on our Instagram at Wappin7podcast. Thank you for listening to season two. We'll see you soon. That, my friends, that was so diplomat. That was so diplomat. Here are the silly bits. In the modern inch, yeah. he would have been around five foot five, just an inch or so below the period's average height. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. So people were a bit smaller in the past, I feel. Yeah, and he was made fully of cheese. (laughs) Okay, that's fake formation. (laughs) I know it when I see it. it. (laughs) You spotted it. Well done. Well done. And also in season one, the villain was money, wasn't it? Also money and And, war. And and spiders. And now it's just... (laughs) Spiders. And now it's Zerkov. And now it's just Zerkov. And the French. Comedy. (laughs) But fine, whatever. (laughs) And the the French, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Or, of course, you can find us on our Instagram. (sighs) Wow, you did it again. Or... or (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> or, or you can go. <laughs> You're just going to keep saying it. Or you can go on tolstoyatweapon7.com. Or you can go on the website, tolstoyatweapon7.com. It's like autocorrect. Send us a letter, tolstoyatweapon7.com. <laughs> oh dear. Um, because it's the end of season two, I'm just going to count down from two this time. Why? No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay. You're going to count down. You're, gonna, you're just going to count. One. No, you're going to count down properly. You're going to count okay. down properly. Okay.